Today on Laura Lynn and Friends. This was designed to specifically go into those areas and to cross into the brain, cross into the ovaries, cross into the bone marrow. That's what nanoparticles do. Hello, everyone. Welcome to The Last Days. My name's Laura Lynn Tatter-Thompson, and I got my friend Mark uh, Friesen right on the phone here. Um, Mark, uh, is it something I can talk to you about later, or <laughs> he called while, while the opening's going on? <laughs> I, tried, I tried to call you back. Rio Gauthier wants to know if, he, if we need him to pick us up at the airport in Toronto. Oh, okay. We're doing a little bit of that. Um, yeah, you know what? Uh, I don't know. Let me call you back and we'll deal with it this afternoon. We'll get her done. Good. That it, that would be good though, Mark. Yeah. Take care, brother. All right. Bye-bye. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, everyone. Just let you into a bit of my world. So Mark was here last night um, at Art Lucier's amazing event. And Mark and I presented, you know, basically what we've been talking about, you know, the WEF, how it all ties in, uh, Yuval Noah Harari. Um, Klaus Schwab, UN Agenda 2030, what those, um, you know, what the mandates are for UN Agenda 2030 encompasses everything that we're going through right now. So if you're kind of surprised and you go, wow, the world's upside down, why is that happening? Well, we want you to know, if you Google UN Agenda 2030, you'll find out all of these things that happen seem to be on the same wavelength. Uh, we played Dennis Meadows, the clip of Dennis Meadows from the Club of Rome, basically saying that the world needs to be depopulated from 7 billion down to 1 billion. Those were his words, not mine. And uh, they are some very serious codgers that would like to see um, something like that happen. So uh, that's what we talk about when we do our events. And we are about to do a whole lot of events that I'll go over. We'll be in Saskatoon this Sunday night, everyone. Saskatoon this Sunday night. Uh, let me see if I can quickly, you know what, well, I'll, I'll pull that up while we're chatting uh, today. We've got a bunch of things to show you. I also, uh, Jeremy McKenzie, the, the raging dissident, uh, um, you know, the guy swears a lot, but he stands for uh, the truth. <laughs> so it takes all types, right? <laughs> um, he's been in jail for a while now. And they keep putting him in solitary confinement because he refuses, I believe, to, um, you know, uh, get the the swab and to have something foreign put in his body and it's not fun to have that happen and he's in he's in jail to my knowledge there's no COVID outbreak but he's not certainly not worried about it and they're trying to to enforce something like that so what they're doing he's basically a political prisoner we are going to hear from his very uh dear girlfriend Morgan she's going to come on the show in a little bit um, we've got some other things to show you a lot happening. I'm about to embark on a 20 some date tour. I will not be home until the, uh, the end of November close, uh, the last week in November. And because I, I feel that the time is very, uh, precious and that we have to act now. I don't know why I feel such an urgency about that, but I could have waited and maybe done another tour in the new year but we felt to do it now because time is of essence and stranger things keep happening every single day, as you might know. So I wanna play this clip from Dr. Chris Shoemaker. We have had him on the show. He's a friend of this show. I dearly love him. He was in Ottawa, that's where I met him. He is a true stander. He has a story uh, behind this vaccine and he knows an awful lot and he's got the experience and the education to back that up. 
We're going to hear from him in just a moment. But first, here is a clip of his recent presentation at a rally. Take, take a look. I sadly only about three weeks ago learned what the exact volume and number of these bioagents going into your arm each occasion. You only need 80, that's 8-0, 80 viral elements go into your arm to create immunity to polio. That's it. That's all you need. And you get it three or four times in your lifetime and you're immune to polio. 80. The blueprints to create the spike protein, which is effectively the viral element, the most toxic viral element, 40,000 billion go into your arm with every shot. 40,000 billion mRNA spike protein generating factories go into your arm with every shot. Wow. Ho, 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 ho. Dr. Kishinmaker. Well, I'm surprised. I hadn't seen the clip because I've been at the conference and my husband was, you know, preparing everything behind the scenes. Um, that is really shocking. So, so tell us what that means and, and what that means to you with your knowledge. Well, it's pretty straightforward. It's a lot bigger than 80, right? 40,000 billion blueprints to make spike wow. protein in you. And it can go to every cell. There's only 30,000 billion cells in a whole human body. So it's enough for every cell in the body. And when it gets into individual cells, that's where it can do its multiplication. That's where it can do what mRNA does, which is duplicate or produce spike protein or whatever protein is in the code. It produces the code for the protein. The protein is produced within the cell. The spike stays there, by the way, and uh, in huge numbers, pathetic numbers. The other crucial thing is that unlike polio or any other vaccine ever given, where it never crosses the blood-brain barrier, never crosses the ovary barrier, never goes anywhere near a fetus, never gets into the immune system or the bone marrow, this was designed to specifically go into those areas and to cross into the brain, cross into the ovaries, cross into the bone marrow. That's what nanoparticles do. Nanoparticles are crazy small, and because of that, they are oily and they can slip right across into the brain and these other structures. That's why so much human damage is happening. Some of it is very obvious with the rapid deaths that occur within two, three, and four weeks of getting the vax. Some of it is not so obvious because those same toxic occurrences are occurring slowly in your immune system, dropping your T cells. And the dropping of T cells is what makes you prone and getting COVID more and more and more. That's why the victims in ICU these days are vaccinated folks. They've had their immune system destroyed with third and fourth shots. Well, that's exactly what I'm hearing. And um, can you describe for us uh, with your knowledge, like what T cells are? I've heard of a another doctor in Canada who was really highlighting the T cells and she was doing it with respect to having immunity to COVID and, and having that immunity that's in your body, I believe early on. And she was very, very outspoken. So what does that mean to, to people like us? <laughs> We're being fed a pack of lies from the top. We're putting an immune damaging agent into our bodies, any of us that do it. It's a lie that's lethal. I'm a doctor. I'm supposed to protect human life. That's why I'm in this program right now. I'm trying to protect human life by getting everyone to understand the truth. You asked a specific question about T cells. T cells, they're sometimes called CD4, CD8 cells. Uh, it goes by that as well. But in any case, it's a population of the white cells, a specific population whose purpose is twofold. They're very good at killing early cancers and they're very good at killing viruses. 
Antibodies actually suck at killing viruses. Antibodies are particularly useful. They show that an agent has been there, but it does very, very little to help you with immunity or help you fighting the virus. T cells are the killer cells. They go after the virus, they kill it early in the game, perhaps when it's floating interstitially or in the blood or in interstitial fluids before it even gets to the cells, but it can also go after the cells itself. So you need lots of T cells. Here's the problem. Spike protein kills T cells. Spike protein is lethal to T cells. So spike protein is specifically getting rid of and knocking down that which could fight the spike protein. That's why we're having terrible immune damage. Antibodies can't work, could never work, never did work. They're too large to work. They don't get anywhere near the virus if you inhale it through your nose. The antibodies get nowhere near it to stop it in its replication phase, which is in your mucosa and your throat, et cetera. And it would be T cells that would be doing the job if they had not been harmed by a government authorized, scientifically inept program. So you are seeing then that it is ending up being a lot of vaccinated uh, people that are ending up in the hospital. And I as well uh, read an article on that. And um, so that is beginning to really give us some data on how this is moving. Yeah, and it was predictable data. Dr. Paul Alexander made it very clear to all of us. Dr. Geert van den Bosch out of Europe is the outstanding authority on it. The two of them together have given us every, we knew 12 months ago this would happen. We, we, taught, we tried to talk to the governments. These eminent scientists tried to. They were rebuffed on any occasion. They were specifically rebuffed in Ottawa when they tried to talk with Dr. Tam and others. Uh, it's happening as it was bound to happen. It's so sad. It's so dangerous. It's not just inept, it's nefarious at high levels. Here we are, average citizens, having to fight this ridiculous taking of something which actually makes the problem it's supposed to fix, it makes the problem it's supposed to fix worse. So even if it wasn't killing people as well, you'd stop it because the damn thing isn't working. And why would you put something into your body that isn't working and actually makes the problem worse? Wow. There's two huge reasons to stop it. My current motto for our nation, and for our world, take back our shoulders. Everyone marching in the streets in the next two and three months should show that we are taking back our shoulders. Whether we've had one vax or two or three or none, all of us must take back our shoulders or all of us will be in the grave in five or six years. It is as simple as that. You know, Dr. Chris, I thought of you when we saw this doctor come out in the United States of America who, like yourself, uh, you've been very open and honest. You're not an anti-vaxxer, are you? You, in fact, took the vaccines. And, and the same with uh, the doctor that's coming out in the States. These are not people that were against it to begin with, but because of the data have come to understand that, you know, there's regret in there. Sure. Dr. Malhotra, who is from Britain, not the States, if I can speak to him, oh, thank he had the sadness him. of losing yes. his 70-year-old father. I'm 70. Uh, he had the sadness of losing his 70-year-old dad, who'd been perfectly healthy, just eminently fine, right as rain, gets his third or fourth shot, dead a week later. Yeah. When that happened to Dr. Malhotra in his family life, and he saw a very healthy, normal 70-year-old man just taken from this earth within a very, very few days of whichever vex number it was, it doesn't matter if it was the third or the fourth, he was gone. And Dr. Mahotra went back and looked at the data more closely than he had ever looked at it before. And he was virtually apologetic when he came back 
and spoke in a highly scientific tone and just looked at the science more closely and started to pay attention to the truthful studies that were showing how dangerous it was that he possibly had not paid quite enough attention to. And by the time he'd looked at all of the relevant studies, the studies that Dr. Alexander had said people should be looking at, he said, this has to be stopped. It's a dangerous product. It can't go in the human body anymore. He's an eminent cardiologist. He's a world famous cardiologist from the United Kingdom. Name is Malhotra. Please look it up. Please listen to him. Please see his recent papers. When people like that say that this is a toxic, dangerous item that must no longer be given until it's studied for five more years, and then even probably at all, you have to listen to such a person. He was a vaccine encourager at the beginning. Uh, I was simply a vaccine receiver, not encourager. Yeah. But sadly, I took it. I'm taking pine needle tea and certain elements to try to help myself right now. But why should we, all of us citizens, have to be helping ourselves? We're helping ourselves because we've been foisted upon. Yes, yes, sir. Um, and so as you've seen the data coming out from Israel, coming out from the UK, and we're beginning to understand that this vaccine has not worked. And in fact, do you, are you hearing it is absolutely damaging the immune systems of the folks who, who've taken it? Yes, and they have two proofs of that. One is actually blood-drawn um, identifying of T-cell levels. You know when they had to check T-cells all the time in AIDS patients? AIDS patients, the, it was the T-cells, once again, which were not terribly down by the existence of AIDS in the body. Because AIDS can kill T-cells just like a spike protein manufactured by man and woman can kill T-cells. And so the T cells are knocked down, they can measure it. They can measure it and they can see the drop, the drop, the drop with each successive vaccination. The other thing that's the proof is what's called efficacy. Remember how they said it's effective, it's effective? It was 94, 95% effective. But what they forgot to mention was that if you do nothing, it's 93.5% effective. In other words, your own natural immunity was responsible for 93.5% of that 94.5% they were talking about. So you would never approve a drug that was only producing a 1% difference between doing nothing and taking the drug. Now, vaccinated people have dropped from that 94% to 70% and 50% and now just 40%. The vaccine is at best 40% effective at keeping you from getting COVID. Unimmunized people, people who never took the vax, they're still sitting up at 94, 95%. They're clean, they're right as rain. The unvaccinated have saved themselves and the unvaccinated are at least slightly helping the rest of us as well, because they at least are a small portion of herd immunity. They produced some herd immunity. The rest of us are screwed for having herd immunity because we've got these ugly antibodies floating around on us that have no relevance and they make getting truly immune to COVID difficult. And that's why they have hepatitis. That's why they have other infections. That's why the children have these respiratory syncytial viruses now in Miami and up and down the eastern seaboard of the states. And we're going to have it crazy when winter hits. And RSV viruses are going to propagate like crazy because the immune system has been damaged by the spike protein illogically prescribed for us by bad scientists, illicit scientists, and unfortunately, the politicians who follow them. Oh, my goodness. Um 
And, and they are rolling this out in Canada. Uh, Dr. Theresa Tam seems to have no stopping of wanting everybody vaccinated repeatedly, even asking doctors now that you should be getting boosted and reboosted and reboosted. We do know Trudeau's bought 400 doses for our fair country, and they're rolling it out to the children. Well, he should uh, cut his losses, sell it for what he can get right now, and stop giving it to the people. People, you can help the Prime Minister's and Theresa Tam's decision. Just watch this video, believe the truthful comments I am making to you, and simply take back your shoulders. That is the message right now. You must take back your shoulders from receiving what I am now going to call, well, I could call it a number of things. But may I say one more further fact other than taking back your shoulders? This is a mental observation you need to have. Why is it? that the bad things are happening. Well, it's because bad people were in charge at the beginning. We all know Fauci was illicit. We all know that he took the whole plan to make this virus offshore from the States. He ignored what Obama told him to begin to not do. And by 2015, he was everything was going. He was making it happen in Wuhan. And he and Peter Daszak were also preparing so that once the code was fully established and created over in Wuhan, it could also ship back into the States. And there is paperwork that shows that the codes that went into the aerosolized virus also were brought back to the states, given to Fauci and others. Fauci and others put it into the hands of Moderna, a company, by the way, that Fauci once had a financial interest in. And Moderna, modern RNA company, it never made another product prior in its lifetime. In its lifetime, Moderna had never made another product, but they were given, according to Dr. Martin and others, and they've done the digging. They were given the genomic thing that I would call death code 2015 because it was actually made in 2015. The code for the vaccine spike protein was made in 2015 and it was the same code that was put into the virus in Wuhan. And they were worked on in parallel between 2015 and 2019. That's four years. They had a nice little four years to get this whole puppy going and an illicit, inappropriate, quotes vaccine, it's not a vaccine, it's a bio harming agent, a T-cell killing agent, an immunity damning agent, which does absolutely nothing useful for you as a society. Please listen to this. Please, all of us stop. Many countries have stopped. Denmark in particular has stopped first for 18 and under. Now it's 50 and under. Denmark will not give it to anyone 50 and under because of the known toxicities. So as far as I'm concerned, this puppy is over. The evidence is in. Everything I'm saying to you is honestly, honestly the truth and the the research, the research to create this vaccine, quotes vaccine, <laughs> and spike protein germ together. They were done over four years under the say-so of Dr. Anthony Fauci, the world's greatest traitor. Just can't hear you just at the moment uh, for yeah, some reason. Uh, I'm, I'm, my, my uh, laptop is saying that it's going to go dead here, JT. So I'm just letting you know I'm going to switch in the next when I when Dr. Shoemaker asks um, answers the next question. Um, I appreciate you saying this, uh, Dr. Shoemaker. What has made you so passionate? Um, you're retired. You could sort of take a rest, and you haven't. You you've come out swinging. Well, semi-retired, but you know, I, I don't like to watch a baseball game that's fixed. I don't like to watch a soccer game or a hockey game if we're fixed. This was fixed. 
This was set up. This was created. You watched the speeches of Fauci and Gates back in 2015 and 2016, and you knew that they were preparing for something. You watched them when in October of 2019, before anyone knew that COVID even existed, they did a tabletop exercise to do with a COVID-type virus and how they would control the population and control the narrative and make sure that they handled the media properly. And uh, even the CIA was at the table. They were literally at the table in October of 2019, helping the group brainstorm how to manage a pandemic for the success of the vaccine being widely accepted. Uh, you wonder why I'm fighting this? I think I've just told you why. Yes, absolutely. Um, okay, good. I think we've got it, and I hope that you can hear me. Uh, we do really, really appreciate that. What, uh, Dr. Shoemaker, if you could make suggestions uh, to the people that are running the show right now, what, what would you be telling them? Um, first of all, I don't know what to do because do you know they are still causing people to lose their jobs and trying to force them, force them to take a vaccine that, as you say, as a doctor, it doesn't work. And furthermore, it's harming people. How can our country have gone this far? You were there, uh, Freedom Convoy 2022. You know the fight that Canadians had to stand for our bodily autonomy, many of them vaccinated, many of them simply saying, we just don't believe that you should be forcing this on the nation. So what what is your thought on what do we do next? We've been talking about this amongst ourselves. Sure. Well, the tack I'm personally taking is I'm, I'm, I'm moving from doing speeches. I might give one or two more, but as actively as I can, I am working behind the scenes. I'm reaching out to premiers. I've written a seven page letter and I've written a 10 page letter to the Public Health Agency of Canada and to my own college and to the premiers and I've given them both video and loads of annotated evidence how unfortunately we've done the wrong thing. And if anyone out there can get me an appointment with someone who works with a premier and just let a premier of one of our Canadian provinces do what the governor of New Hampshire did and the governor of Tennessee did, those two governors allowed ivermectin in all of their pharmacies and ivermectin to be used for COVID specifically. They overruled CPSOs, shall we say, they overrode the colleges or the boards in the US and they said, this is safe enough. It's been used for 40 years. And if a doctor thinks it's suitable and he wants to help a patient who has COVID-19 long COVID or he wants to help a patient with uh, vaccine injury, he can do it. And by the way, ivermectin is the best drug for those two entities. We've got patients and people wandering around Canada trying to take a little bit of pine tree oil to get better when ivermectin could cure them of their neurologic syndrome that they've gotten from COVID vaccine injury. COVID-19 itself, it might kill you with that respiratory thing and the thrombosis thing and the very, very rare, with the people who sadly suffered and who were not given ivermectin, they wouldn't have died. We would have had only 10% of our Canadians die. 4,000 instead of 45,000. 4,000 instead of 45,000 would have still died if we doctors had been allowed to use ivermectin from the beginning. Wow. How do those other 40,000 families feel, families of those 40,000 dead people feel, knowing that part of this nefarious act to get an illicit non-vaccine into our bodies and to shorten our lifespans, and we were also not allowed to cure the simple virus that could have been cured with a five-day treatment before the patient even went into hospital. 
and all this ridiculousness, all this lack of ability to serve other people's orthopedic or cancer or eye surgery needs, hospitals closed down for those things, and for the COVID that relatively speaking in some ways never came, but to the extent that it did come and the extent that it did sadly take so many people's lives, those lives didn't have to be taken if the protocols involving hydroxychloroquine and or an antibiotic, quercetin, vitamin C, vitamin D, and of course, ivermectin, if those elements had been allowed to be rigorously offered and we knew, real doctors knew within two months of COVID starting that that was the way to go. Wow, and, and I can just hear the passion and I, I feel the same way. Uh, many, many people have died because our, uh, our medical establishment, and I know Dr. William Mackis is coming out the same as you, Dr. Charles Hoff, Dr. Paul Alexander, uh, all stating the same thing, that our medical establishment is corrupt, that they have literally bowed to the, um, I, I don't know if they're you know just following what the WHO said and we know how much they got wrong, the UN mm -hmm. Agenda 2030, it's all about the vaccines actually when you go into that. And uh, now these doctors are saying uh, you know, that we are seeing a lot of death, a lot of harm, and this is not the way that it should have been. And it, it is a, an extremely painful thing, actually, for many people who may have lost somebody. Um, Dr. Shoemaker, is there anything else that we haven't covered? You say that you're taking pine needles, pine needle tea. Uh, one of the things we are getting more and more requests for is uh, for, for remedies for those that have unfortunately taken already a couple of shots. Well, the... The remedy is complex, the rem remedy is multi-choice, and the, it's made more complex by uh, our various governments and our pharmacy associations not allowing certain meds to be out. But the, the best basic source is the World Council for Health website. WorldCouncilForHealth.org, WorldCouncilForHealth.org has wonderful detox concepts and well wonderful treatment concepts, unfortunately, a good 30% of the ideal treatment is not allowed because in Canada, we're not allowed to give the ideal medication, which at this point for the vaccine injured is ivermectin in some form or another. And that dosage has to be carefully looked at. Uh, the dosage is being used in the United States. They're a little bit more open in the United States. People like Dr. Corey and others can give it, but even there they are writing how, how badly they're being misused by their own boards and colleges. It's a disaster. If I may, I just want to hold up a picture of a gentleman who had a disaster in his life. Yes. He's a muscle-building chap, pretty good-looking dude, looks like he's enjoying his life. He's in his early 60s. Well, actually, he was in his early 60s. He is now deceased. But he put a tweet out, sadly, this gentleman, because he very much believed what his government was telling him. And in his tweet back in April, he said, I've had enough confidence in the vaccine based on my research. Those of you who think the vaccine kills people can use me as a test. If I die after another booster, you were right. If I don't die and have no ill effects, you were wrong and you should admit it, at least to yourselves. Better yet, you should admit that you were misled and tell the world who misled you. Well, dear sir and dear family of this dear gentleman, sadly, you were misled. You took a third or a fourth booster in October Six days after you took that final lethal booster, you were dead. 
I take no pleasure in talking about this. I don't wish one man's death. I don't wish one child's death. I don't wish my life to have been shortened by this stupid, stupid, toxic crap that's been put into me. But everyone on earth should trust themselves, trust their bodies, trust their instincts, stop trusting the lying doctors, and listen to the truthful ones. That's all I can say. That is shocking. I mean, he just put out um, almost like a, a, a test, a, a fleece, and for his life to be taken, uh, that is a stunning event in our world. Dr. Shoemaker, I just honor your passion. You are a favorite of, uh, of the Laurel Lynn Live show and our family here, and we just appreciate what you're doing. If there's any uh, thing that we can do to advance something that you're doing. If you're speaking anywhere or sharing, please do let us know and we will get that out to the viewers. Uh, we'd sure like to see you um, here in the, the West Coast. And I hope to see you here when you're in Ontario, which I think you're going to be in the next couple of weeks. Is that true, Laura Lynn? I will. I will. Oh. I'll be there very shortly. And I would like to see you very much. And uh, Dr. Chris, you know, if you drop by, be sure that we'll give you a moment to greet the crowd and, and uh, drop a few bombs on us because whenever I talk to you, I feel like we're getting truth bombs literally dropped on us. And today you have not disappointed. Thank you Can very just, much for your time. I, sure. I thank you for your thanks. And if I could just as leaving, I want to explain to the audience why the Canada flag and the Denmark yes. flag are beside me. Denmark is, well, I don't know, that way, I guess. And Canada's with the leaf or whatever, you know, I can't really tell. Anyway, they're both with me and <laughs> They're there because I'm a proud Canadian, and they're there because I proudly salute Denmark for being the first European and or North American country to fully see the truth. Stop giving these shots to the citizens. They've stopped with 50 or less. Believe me, they'll be stopping it for everybody within another month. They have to do this in stages. They have to not look inept as they do it. They have to do it in stages, but they've said this kills the kids. It's doing no good for people up to 50. It's giving them myocarditis. It's going to cause them early deaths. Denmark is my heroic country. Let's be like Denmark. Let's take back our shoulders. Put taking back our shoulders on T-shirts. Everybody, put taking back our shoulders on our T-shirts. Put them over our parkas if we have to in the wintertime. But we are taking back mm -hmm. our shoulders. These are lethal shots. Wow. Thank you, Lord. Thank you so much, Dr. Shoemaker. We love you. Thank you for your passion and for fighting for our country and telling the truth and paying such a very high price. Thank you, sir. We'll talk to you again. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Wow, that's amazing. Um, shocking that you've heard of a few times in life when somebody makes a statement, <clears throat> almost daring death in a way, almost, you know, saying something out loud, um, and then it happens. Oh, man. So I'm here at this conference, uh, and we've been able to talk to a lot of the First Nations about what's going on in the First Nations community. I have heard there's a lot of death. I have heard that people have had very bad reactions, that indeed Dr. Charles Hoff, who spoke about um, Dr. Hoff, who, who spoke about the harms that were going on in Lytton, B.C., there was 
one death initially, and then a whole bunch of people coming in after another. And Dr. Charles Hoff sounded the alarm and said, uh, something's wrong with this vaccine. And of course, no one responded to him because nobody cares, do they? Dr. Teresa Tam, Dr. Bonnie Henry, none of them, they don't care. They're not here for the truth, are they? They're not looking at the facts. They're not looking at what Dr. Mahotra is looking at, what Dr. Shoemaker is looking at. They're not looking at the truth, are they? They're not prepared to tell that truth and lose their big fat paychecks. That's the reality. So a beautiful First Nations woman uh, gave me this gift and she called it a chief's covering or something like that. Um, very precious. It is beautifully beaded and has these, um, yeah, just beautiful beads on it. And so I'm going to be cherishing this for a very long time. Um, JT, I'm not sure if our guest uh, Morgan is here. If she is, if you'll put her up on the screen. Morgan, hi, how are you? Thank you so much for, yeah, taking time out of your day. Um, we do know that uh, we've got a real problem with a very beloved um, freedom fighter, Jeremy McKenzie. He is in jail right now. And could you tell us this condition? I know that he is very close to you and you're keeping tabs. I did call, Just, I just want you to know, I called directly to the prison facility and I told them that they are on notice that we are all going live. All of the freedom fighters, I know you've been on Viva Frey today, I believe. Yeah. And um, all of the freedom fighters are going to go live about what's happening. Amazing. Yeah, that's great. That's what we, we just really need. Um, everyone's voices right now and accountability. Um, I have reached out to the Ombudsman, the Human Rights Commission, um, and uh, I believe that people have reached out to the John Howard Society, the Red Cross, and yeah, many other organizations that hopefully, <laughs> hopefully we get a hold of the right person to uh, yeah, just to get a hold of of whoever. I want. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I, I want to play a video of another uh, gentleman who is uh, basically wanting to sound the alarm. And I see that Jeremy has a lot of love out there. Yeah. And yeah, people really love him. And uh, this guy, let me see if I can see it, but it's a Canadian. He He's doing a video, Canadian political prisoners undergoing serious violations of human rights. And uh, JT, if you have that there, if we could just play uh, a minute or Hello, so of what this gentleman is talking I have about. A pretty serious concern and a call out to all the main people within the freedom movement who have the voice, who have the ability to put something out now that can actually change the course of history. What am I on about? We have a major problem in Canada right now and that major problem is people being held as political prisoners. I was inspired by Susan Stanfield to actually do this video. Uh, as a call out to everyone out there to also go out and make a video and talk about what the problem is. Uh, in Saskatchewan right now, we have Jeremy McKenzie. People may have seen his work. He's better known as the Raging Dissident. He is being held in jail there for something which does not constitute any kind of threat to the public. The man is of no danger whatsoever yet they have him right now in solitary confinement. 
and the solitary confinement that he's in also means that he's not getting the time out that he should be getting to be able to exercise, to be able to get the mental ability to make sure he's okay. They're giving him 15 minutes twice a day right now. And those 15 minutes are not enough. And it's certainly a violation of human rights. Um, you know, this effectively is torture. His crimes, his crimes are nothing. The guy is being held as a political prisoner for some trumped up and ridiculous charges which most people would be out on bail for. This man should be out on bail. He is no flight risk. He is no danger to the public whatsoever. Um, you know, <laughs> it's absolutely ridiculous. This is, this is just something that is there to stop him speaking out to stop him being able to go back at the establishment, which is what he's doing. We have a yes. government of Canada okay, and people let's... in very high places there, very upset that this man is able to speak, gather such a crowd. He's a, he's a war veteran. He has a lot of veterans on his side. And the power of these people and the movement itself and the ability to do that is more than that they would like. So yes. I'd like to thank Susan Stanfield for initially starting to speak out. That's great, JT, no you can pull us back on. there's no reason why we shouldn't have more people that's great. speak. Um, that's fantastic. Um, you, you know, what a great guy to just go to bat uh, for Jeremy, and I'm sure that makes you feel good. Yeah. Um, could, could you give us some background, uh, Morgan? Wh when did he go in? Uh, what are the charges? What are they doing? What's happening? Yeah, so he was arrested September 28th. Um, there were charges, we were aware of charges that were laid in Saskatoon, um, but we were not aware when the warrant was extended, of course, Canada-wide. Um, so police showed up at our doorstep. Um, I, we saw it on the camera. I let Jeremy know, we gave them a call and they said that they, they did have a warrant for Jeremy's arrest. Um, he was held in Nova Scotia for five days in solitary. I think it's called health segregation for not completing the PCR test. And then he was flown to Saskatoon to the correctional facility in Saskatoon. And he underwent another five days in the COVID, uh, they call it the COVID assessment unit. And he was released into kind of an overflow unit with about 25 other guys for the last couple of weeks. And now because they are receiving new inmates, he's, this is, uh, I believe day five of his third isolation. Okay. So we all know because we're in the know that the vaccines are not safe. We all know that there are things that our, our rights have been violated and we have people uh, everyone watching that stand up to the nth degree and stand up because we have seen all kinds of data and understanding about the PCR tests themselves, what's in the end of the PCR tests. And basically, Jeremy's the kind of guy that you don't pull the wool over his eyes at all. And he is one tough cookie. And uh, anyone who knows who the uh, raging dissident uh, is, uh, is, is it dissonant? Dissident. 
dissident. Yeah. And, uh, you know, um, he really is something. He does understand the fight that Canada is in right now. And this is what I'm upset about, Morgan, is I've looked after high-risk youth who committed crimes, who actually beat people up, and the, the cops, okay, the cop station would call me to come get them uh, to bring them back to my mm -hmm. place. Mm -hmm. uh, and these were dangerous young offenders. <laughs> and, uh, and so to hold a person who's there, uh, who's not a danger to anyone, He's only, his words are dangerous. And I guess that's what they don't like. I don't like this. Yeah. And I mean, anyone who actually knows Jeremy, yeah, knows he's not a, a violent man. Um, we've been together since uh, the convoy and I have yet to, you know, we hardly have an arguments. He's very, he's very easy to get along with, very reasonable. Um, so yeah, I guess the experts, whoever they are, have deemed him a threat to society. And like you said, it's, they don't want him speaking. Now, you mentioned something a bit about, was it Bill C-83 or something like that? Yeah, now, I've I had someone do a little digging on that. I do believe okay. that in regards to federal correctional facilities. So okay. in a federal facility, you are supposed to get at least four hours a day out of your cell with two of those hours being uh, meaningful human contact. So I do need to try to find out what what the rules are within the provincial uh, correctional facilities. Okay. Yeah, I, I think that what we're running into is we have policy issues. Um, mm -hmm. And so, of course, policies, as we know, after the past two and a half years are not always, they don't necessarily follow the law. Um, just like a mandate is not necessarily a law. Yeah. Uh, but my issue right now is that currently in Saskatchewan, there are no COVID mandates. So I just, I'm just not understanding what the, what, you know, what, why it's so important. And, and not only, you know, they're isolating him when a new inmate comes in, but and not, and not that I want to make things worse for him, but I mean, the correctional officers come in and out of the facility every day. Right. So what's different between difference? Yeah, I don't know. Maybe they get. That's such a good point. <gasps> um, I'm sure they'll come up with an excuse. But yes. Yeah. Is he in the same facility that Pastor Archer Pulowski was in? That's a really good question. I actually am not sure. No, because I know Pastor Archer was treated extremely bad. Are we looking at um, basically you know, the heads of these prisons not being very good people who do not honor uh, the rights of inmates. Nobody needs to be treated um, in a psychologically damaging way. Being in a room for 24 hours a day staring at a wall is mm -hmm. not cool at all. Yeah. And yeah, especially not to little. someone who's not a danger. Yeah. And there's very little entertainment, of course. Um, he did have access to a tablet we were able to message previously i mean it's not cheap but at least you know it was an option in this uh isolated unit that he's in there is no signal so we are not able to message um he it's a dry cell so there's no toilet there's no sink he needs to ask to use the bathroom and and more you know more times than not it sounds like he's being denied the right to use the washroom or they're asking him to wait until his 
15 minute break, but I, I don't know about you, but I, I use the washroom a lot more times than, than two times a day. And so what he's yeah. doing is he's limiting his water intake because he, uh, you know, so he's dehydrating himself just to avoid using the washroom. Now it's my belief that they are likely trying to make him, uh, to break him or make him use the washroom in his cell. I have spoken to former inmates who have said that they have been charged by the facilities for using the washroom in their cell before. Um, okay. So they have a bathroom in their cell or. So he doesn't, but I have not yeah, and so this uh, former inmate that I spoke to today, she was in a similar situation, a dry cell with no toilet, and she ended up using the washroom on the floor because eventually she just couldn't hold it any longer and they ended up charging her. So I think they're yeah. trying everything to try to make him, everything they can do to make him misbehave. Right. So if he were to um, just go to the bathroom on his cell floor is what you're saying. Mm -hmm. that then they then they'd be angry at him but they're only going to give him two times to go to the bathroom i mean this is inhumane sorry mm -hmm. i don't know what this is but there should be charges coming there should be um a, a lawsuit that goes against them and somebody just wrote uh and put in the comments of course pastor archer was in alberta not saskatchewan oh, right. yeah. and i've been in so many different provinces that i you know <laughs> get it all a little mixed up who was where, but you're right, absolutely. Pastor Art is from Calgary. So it just seems to me that it, it's like a free for all right now. Like justice is not just, people mm -hmm. are not being fair. It's like they've given a carte blanche license through the government, through the way that our prime minister speaks about us uh, to be cruel and mm -hmm. to deliver unusually um, hardened penalties and that is not okay and i hope that there is a lawsuit that comes out of this that is brought before the courts and that there should be some accountability because it could be any one of us in this situation right yeah literally anyone if you're if you're charged i mean this is where you sit and remand until they determine you're innocent or guilty and it's not just jeremy of course there are other political prisoners and and where he is in Saskatoon, he has advised me that it, it is mostly native inmates. And he said the, the treatment of the natives in that facility is shocking and disturbing and wow. extremely racist, which, yeah, I, I'm, I don't know. It's just, wow. I mean, I had my own experience in, I've been in uh, COVID isolation twice now in the central Nova Scotia facility. Um, so I, I know that it's, it is inhumane and everyone tries to tell you before going in, you have political or you have prisoner rights and you have human rights, but you really, you know, you really don't when you're in there, unfortunately, and you just have, have to fight when you get out. Oh my goodness. Um, that is very shocking and that is insider knowledge and they, you know, Jeremy's the kind that he's very strong. Um, for such a time as this, put into a place where he can reveal some of these things. What Pastor Archer uh, Pulowski also revealed about this, um, the, his treatment was shocking, mm -hmm. and things that he saw. Uh, they did; they were not kind. And I, I do believe I had spoken to him at one point about him speaking with um, the courts and, and lawyers in order to bring charges against the the court system. 
it sounds like we need an overhaul, everybody. If you're going to start putting innocent people who are not, you know, dangerous to society and you're just going to try to grandstand and make, um, you know, make examples of them, um, it's, it's going to come to bite, bite you back. That's what I what, say to the What do you do? The Where prisons. do you start? I think every government entity needs an overhaul at this point. Um, it's getting... <laughs> Where, so where do you start? <laughs> I guess. Right. I saw too, someone had uh, mentioned in the, they mentioned Amnesty Canada, and I have been trying to reach out to them as well so far to okay. know them well, but hopefully we'll be able to get some help from them. Yes. Uh, wh what is the future condition then, like with Jeremy, when when is his next court date and stuff like that? Yeah, he goes back to court on November 10th um, okay. at the Saskatoon Provincial Court. Anyone can call if they would like to, but I think you have to call in for the most part, uh, or you can ask for permission to go in person. In my experience, the last two times I was approved um, to join, I was not called. And so I'll have to try to get it in writing this time um, and just push harder to, to make sure that I can be available and hear what's happening during those hearings I, and honestly i'm not sure what that court date is i i don't know if they'll determine a plea date or um or a bail hearing date but i will certainly keep everyone up to speed as i learn more okay please do let us know and morgan we'd love to have you back on to get updates on what's happening uh personally i will call um uh, several more times to yeah. the jail itself and let them know that we are on this and let them know that we have now done a show and we have thousands of people that uh, by nightfall uh, will have seen this and shared it and will know now what's going on. And perhaps there needs to be a rally in Saskatchewan. I happen to be in Saskatchewan right now, but I'm, um, I think I'm north. I'm in Prince Albert, right? I think it's up north. And uh, I'm in Saskatoon on Sunday night. So we're, we're going to talk about this and we're going to talk about it across the country. Mm -hmm. uh, do you have the name of the warden there or anything? Do you actually know his name? You know, I actually don't. Yeah. I okay. believe it is listed on the, on their website though. Okay. Yeah. Well, we'll get that and uh, see if we can put that up and see why a warden is allowing such terrible uh, racist behavior towards the First Nations people that mm -hmm. are being held there and also uh, this demeaning and psychologically very disturbing behavior to a an inmate who is not um, danger a danger to society and is not there on charges that he should be being treated like this. Right. For goodness sakes. I, I thought it was my body, my choice. I wonder what happened to that more. Again. Well, and even the, you know, the genetic non-discrimination act, I guess, doesn't, and, and the Nuremberg code is, it states that you cannot be discriminated against for refusing a genetic test, which is exactly what these PCR and rapid tests are. So they should be offering at least a non-invasive test like the saliva test. Right. Or, Simple, isn't yeah. it? This isn't rocket science, right? You're absolutely right. You can spit on a spit on a you know a slide and and test it to all high heavens, right? Or even use oh. like a like my thought was use a a Q-tip, uh, something that's not coated in the carcinogenic ethylene oxide. Yep. 
Yeah. And for everyone, what she's saying is true. The ethylene oxide is carcinogenic. And a lot of things have come out about all kinds of stuff, actually, uh, about these PCR tests. We've seen a lot of things. Uh, and they don't work. We know for a fact they just don't work. If, if that mm -hmm. isn't enough, um, you know, the CDC has stated it as such themselves. Mm -hmm. So this is ridiculous on every level. And I do hope that I know you're working with a lawyer and, and apparently it's very expensive. <clears throat> so there's a bit of financial hardship that comes when you're trying to defend yourself. Absolutely. Yeah. And it is unfortunate that you in this country, in order to get what, you know, proper representation, it really depends on how much money you're willing to to pay. Yeah. Yes. It really well down to the uh, evidence or. Right. Well, Jeremy is such a strong voice, and we really appreciate him. And uh, Morgan, we're going to be praying for him that I'm going to pass it actually on to a whole bunch of group of prayer warriors uh, that uh, when when people pray, things happen. And I'm also going to speak to Pastor Archer Pulowski about his situation, and uh, I'm going to get a hold of him um, and see what what he might suggest and then we'll keep in touch and we'll keep talking about it okay i really appreciate it you're welcome morgan thanks so much for coming on the show thanks for having me thank you that that's really upsetting to me that could be any one of our kids standing up for what's right in this country could be any one of our family members a loved one that ends up in jail um, this is happening more and more in the states that political prisoners, uh, it seems like our Prime Minister Trudeau is following in the same steps as Biden. So not too cool at all. Um, I wonder if we could go to a couple of clips I want to play for you before I go. There's uh, Tucker Carlson. Uh, he is talking about euthanasia, and this is uh, quite fascinating. So Margaret Marcilli is a mother who lives outside Toronto, Canada. She's got a 23-year-old son who suffers from depression and diabetes. Also, he doesn't have a girlfriend. On that basis alone, doctors have just approved her son's assisted suicide. A doctor called Joshua Tepper signed off on it to kill the boy because he's sad and doesn't have a girlfriend. We know this because of the Substack Common Sense. You can read the details, and you should. They're shocking. This is about to become a lot more common in Canada as a way of cutting down on health care costs. By March, new law in Canada is expected to allow children to be killed by doctors, by state doctors, without the approval of their parents. This seems like a very big change in Western civilization. Oh, I mean, I'm just more floored every day at how stupid our government is, how crazy Canada's gotten. Don't we protect children? Don't we protect loved ones? Do we make it so simple for a teenager to take his life? We've all been depressed when we were teenagers. What kind of nasty, pathetic, disgusting crap is this? And the world is watching Justin Trudeau. It's very interesting. So somebody was pointing out here at this uh, conference I'm at, about, I think it was in Judges 6, where evil was allowed on the land for a period of seven years because God was, was judging a land for some of the things that they'd done. And seven years for Trudeau in 
his position is November 4th, everyone. Seven years, and then God said that he would bring about justice. So let's pray this is the year where Pharaoh Trudeau will have to go. We have another video, JT. Uh, just roll it, and then we'll talk about it. Well, here's another inconvenient truth. In other parts of the world, airlines are now advising people who have been vaccinated not to fly. Yep, you heard me correctly. Airlines in Spain and Russia are warning people who have been vaccinated against coronavirus not to travel because of the risk of blood clots. Now, this is a well-known risk of long-haul flights, but it apparently is exacerbated by the potential side effects, the clotting side effects of the COVID-19 vaccines. It's just another sign that there really isn't anybody in a position of authority you can truly trust anymore. Wow, eh? <laughs> That's a switch. Uh, they don't want the vaccinated to fly because of blood clots. Well, makes sense to me because the blood clots is something that's really happening. Uh, that's bizarre world, isn't it? Okay, what's do we have anything more, JT? But people were actually taken to these facilities for not complying with things like contact tracing or home quarantine and things of that nature. Uh, the places of detention, of course, like I said, it lists prisons, mental health facilities, and then uh, it talks about public health orders and pandemic orders and even lists direction given in the exercise of a pandemic management power and, of course, what they call emergency powers and you know, the, the the agenda with climate change in the future, Australia's just released this report. I've been talking about it for, for weeks now. It's, it's Australia's pandemic preparedness report. And we have five separate pandemics that they have identified uh, that are going to hit the whole world. And they talk about how these are going to be, uh, it, it, it's dependent on climate change when these pandemics just shift because of human encroachment on animal environments and things like that. So at any given time, they can say that there's a public health need, there's an emergency because we're impacting the climate, all of these things, uh, and they can do it to us yet again. And you saw how quickly the people fell for it last time. They will fall for it again. That is where it's going, isn't it? And she's right. The people are still out there wearing masks and uh, there's no need to be doing that right now. And they're just compliant. We saw what happened when things were forced on us and it's not a pretty sight. We cannot expect that we will see a lot of people not being anything but sheep and following along. I had a great uh, video that I posted on my Facebook and that video was um, of uh, this uh, African-American dude and he had a lint roller brush and I've had so many shares on that it is so funny and basically he stands at the front of a building before there's sort of a you know one of those turnaround things that you walk into the building and he asks he just he motions he doesn't even say anything he motions everyone to go like this then he takes the lint brush and he runs up and down their uh, arm and their sweaters or whatever and then he lets them in and he doesn't even have like a security jacket on or nothing he's he's lint brushing people and you know what every single one of them walks up and they hold their hands out it's hysterical uh so funny uh anything else jt 
know I'm going to say. All right, so that's it. Okay, uh, good, because my, um, so my laptop, I had to shut everything, everything down, and it's just giving me a bit of light. My website is Laurelin uh, Live, no, Laurelin.tv, that's my website, Laurelin.tv, and then my email is Live at protonmail.com. It also works Live at gmail.com, so you can call us there. We are going to be on the road. We are going to be doing um, a, a massive tour across, well, we start in Saskatoon on Sunday night, and then we go into Ontario and New Brunswick, Prince Edward Island, and finally Nova Scotia. Then we're going to Fort St. John and all through Northern BC. So unbelievable. It is all coming together. And um, I just thank you for uh, any help that you can give to us to make sure that we can handle and pay all those debts. Remember this. Whoever, I'm going to read to you from 2 Corinthians 9. First of all, I didn't give you where I was. 2 Corinthians 9, verse 6. Remember this. Whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give. Not reluctantly or under compulsion. For God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to bless you abundantly so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. As it is written, they have freely scattered their gifts to the poor. Their righteousness endures forever. And I don't know if that music's a bit loud there, but it kind of feels loud in my ear. I don't know. Now he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will also supply and increase your store of seed and will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. You will be enriched in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion. And through us, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. This service that you perform is not only supplying the needs of the Lord's people, but is also overflowing in many expressions of thanks to God. Because of the service by which you have proved yourselves, others will praise God for the obedience that accompanies your confession of the gospel of Christ and for your generosity in sharing with them and with everyone else. And in their prayers for you, their hearts will go out to you because of the surpassing grace of God has given you. Thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. Uh, one thing that you should know is that we pray for those who support us. Uh, my husband, um, uh, he prays over uh, our family every night. And uh, I always uh, say, can you, can you pray? Can you just pray for what's happening? Can you just pray? And uh, we always offer thanksgiving to God because of those of you who take the time to bless us. And we're very grateful for that because without your generosity, we can't do what we do. And it means the world to us. So we love you. We bless you. God is faithful and good. What a night we had last night. Let me tell you, I did my presentation and the lights completely went out twice. And the pastor's son 
actually the pastor told me that the pastor's son felt a wind at his back twice. We felt like the enemy of our souls was trying to shut down that meeting last night and mess with the, you know, with all the audio and visual. But God came through and it was powerful and people gave their hearts to the Lord. I've loved being here with you. Thank you for being here with me. I'll probably see you Sunday. God bless everyone. You know, it's not easy to deliver the truth of what our sick world is doing, but for some of us, we feel that we have no choice. Because if we are silent about these abominable things, then we are letting evil go unchecked, and we cannot do that. For those of you wonderful people who are writing me and are sharing your encouragement, I am deeply grateful. Thank you for all the letters that you've been sending. Thank you for the donations and the support. I found out that in order to speak the truth, you have to become very, very strong. If you would go to my website at www.lauralyn.tv, you'll find all of the ways that you can contact me. Remember, my friends, all is well. All is well. Thanks for joining me.